we're talking about somebody much more famous. That's Jesus. Um, in Jeff's last message, it's been a couple of weeks, um, we talked about the Holy Spirit, right? And we started the series, and we talked about the most important part of the Christian walk, which is salvation, right? If we're not there, if we're not saved, then all the rest of this stuff is kind of a mute point, honestly. Um, but he talked about salvation, and he talked about the sealing of the Holy Spirit. Um, I mentioned that the Holy, in the Holy Spirit, quick fact, that the Holy Spirit seals you um, until the day that God comes back to get you, or in the day you die, either way. Um, that is to ensure that you're always saved. We talked about that. If, if you need to, you can go back on the website, and there's the message there. Uh, it's not recorded, but there's slides and stuff like that on the website. Also, if you need the handout today electronically, if you go to mbtkc.org forward slash youth, it's there. This, my slides are there, and also the handout is electronically there. Some of you are technologically blind, um, and you're not on the tech team, so pray about that. Um, but also, it's easier to keep an electronic um, record, if you will, and if you can do that, the website always has that stuff on there. It should have recordings and slides and handouts if we have handouts. Um, so anyways, as this series goes on, we'll be talking about different, different uh, aspects of the Holy Spirit and different functions, if you will. So Jeff talked about the first one, which was once you're saved, the Holy Spirit seals you, but that isn't the only reason why God puts the Spirit, His Spirit in you, right? The Spirit is so much more. Um, so what is another job we're going to be talking about today? It's teaching you truth. It's going to guide you in all truth, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But I put the name Spirit of Truth in here as the beginning of the slide because as we look at John 16.13 today, that's the main verse we'll be in, that's what he's called, is the Spirit of Truth. And so as we go and we read this, I just want to say that it's not just about, it's not just about a function that the Holy Spirit has, it's an attribute of the Holy Spirit. It's a title of the Holy Spirit. This Spirit of Truth, which we'll talk about here in a minute, is the only, um, it's only given to the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's very clear. Um, so we talk about guiding into truth. So what does that mean? Doesn't the Word teach us about God in that, in that truth? Well, yeah, it is. But the Holy Spirit helps in that too. Um, you see, we need God's Spirit in order to understand God's Word. So, uh, Manny, if you hit the next slide. John chapter 16, uh, verse 13 says, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall speak not of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. So as I said, the Spirit of truth is a name reserved for the Holy Spirit. Um, truth is a very part of the nature of God and His Spirit. And He is tasked with guiding us into all truth. So what does that actually mean? Does that mean any truth? I mean, if you look at the world today, they talk about your truth and my truth as though competing truths are a real thing. Um, God is saying into all truth, but that truth is encapsulated in Him and in His Word and through His Spirit. So here are a few things that I was thinking about that are true. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 4, it says, God forbid, yeah, let God be true, but every man a liar. So what we know from Romans chapter 3, verse 4 is that God is true, Right? It is in His very nature to be truth. Um, we'll define truth here. And I, I, honestly, Jesus defines truth very simply in the next chapter. If you look at John 17, verse 17, He's speaking to the Father. He's praying. And Jesus, says, Jesus the Son says to God the Father, 
sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So as we talk about truth and the Holy Spirit today, it's really easy to get messed up on what the Holy Spirit's functions are. And if you look in different churches or you go down the street, down in Grandview, and you go look at IHOP and you go hang out with charismatic people, well, they'll say, I'm led by the Spirit too. Well, maybe, but the Spirit's not going to lead you where the Bible isn't. And so the, the problem that a lot of Christians have is they'll, they'll say, well, the Spirit's leading me, and then they'll do things like speak in tongues. Or they'll do things like, I have some divine revelation, like God's speaking to me in dreams, or, or um, God's just speaking in ways that we don't actually know. None of those things are actually truth, right? Tongues aren't around anymore. Right? Visions aren't around anymore. There's no one prophesying of the things to come. If someone tells you that God spoke to them audibly and that they know when the end of the world is, they're wrong. That's not how God speaks anymore. This Bible that we have right here is how God speaks to you. His truth through His Spirit will guide you into all truth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But if we don't get this figured out, if we don't understand what the Spirit's job is and what the Spirit's job isn't currently, we can get really messed up in our faith. And we can get thinking that our conscience or that voice that we hear sometimes in our head is actually God speaking. It's not. Um, so Jesus here is saying to the Father in John seventeen seventeen, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Okay. Um, so God is true and His words are truth. How about this? Ephesians 5, verse 26 and 27. What we're going to see is Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus, right? We just went through the whole series in Ephesians. And we're going to be talking about God's word here, but I want, to I want us to understand this part. Ephesians 5, 26, 27. That He, Christ, might sanctify and cleanse it, that's the church, with the washing of water by the word, that He might present it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that shall be holy and without blemish. So Paul is telling us that Jesus Christ gave Himself for the church and may cleanse it with the words, the truth of God, and that we shall be blameless before God because of it. So why do we care about truth? Well, our key theme that we're going to be talking about today is understand the key to walking with God and the only... Only the Spirit can guide you to truth. So that's your blanks. I did, forgot to put that in there. So it'll be walking is one of your blanks. And then um, only the Spirit can guide you. Thank you. I'm new to the handout game, so I apologize for some of the short uh, lines in there. So we have to understand what the Holy Spirit is actually guiding us to. Um, and then we will talk about what the Holy Spirit, or how the Holy Spirit guides us. Um, I just want to remind you that this isn't Old Testament times. Look for a sign. This isn't a, this isn't a fleece. We're not looking for something super spiritual, supernatural moment. If you're working through some things in life, and you need God's guiding, which I would argue is all the time, um, outside and hoping that lightning strikes right in the place where you need to move to, it might demolish your house, so you probably don't move there anyways. But my point is, is understanding truth and understanding God in His Word is the key to walking with God. And you need the Spirit to actually lead you to that place. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, 
We will never grow in our faith unless we understand God's truth and apply them to our lives. Uh, we will always be babies, never going any further than the spiritual milk, as the Word says. Uh, never moving on to the meat if we don't understand truth, if we don't let the Spirit teach us that. So why is it so important that we know truth? Well, one, truth is what God used to save you in the first place. That's another blank, word save. Truth is what God used to save you in the first place. Uh, Romans 10.17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's very simple, right? Uh, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And then the second one, you're going to hear this verse a lot, um, because I think it's super important. Ephesians 1.13, In whom ye also trusted, that's Christ, after that ye heard the word of, there it is, truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, so you heard truth and God used it to save you. Did truth stop being important then? Um, if God's truth and Spirit were powerful enough to save you, how much more important is, that, is it for us to obey those truths as we live out the rest of our lives? A lot of people, they get saved, and that truth was important enough for them to trust their entire eternity, and then they just walk away. Right? They get saved, they get sealed by that Spirit, they got that ticket to heaven, and then they're good. They don't need anything else from us. They don't need the church. They don't need God. Um, I would argue those people might not be saved in the first place. It's really hard to walk away from God when you're saved. But, people do it. People, people say, this truth is the most important thing in my entire eternity. And then they never pick up their Bible again. Or they start for a short season... And they read a couple chapters like they're supposed to, and then they say, okay, I'm good now, and then they go live in the world. Is it truth or is it not? Is it the most important thing that we could ever look at, or is it not? Well, you trusted it for your eternity, why don't you just trust it for your temporal life as well on this earth? Um, The second point that we're going to look at today is that truth is an essential part of our worship to God. Uh, John 4, verse 23 and 24 says, this is Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Um, It says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers of God shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him, see what's that next word? Must. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well here, and He's talking about how many husbands she's had, Right? And they're talking about this mountain or that mountain or yada, yada, yada in John chapter 4. And do the Jews worship? Do the Sumerians worship? Where do they worship? And Jesus is like, God is a spirit. And I'm that Christ. And those who want to worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. And that's the problem that a lot of people have is they like the spirit part. It's good. It's nice. It's emotional. It's... It's that fuzzy feeling when you're, when you're praying with somebody and you're like, oh, the Spirit's moving. And maybe, maybe the Spirit is moving, but they neglect the truth part and they just live their life to what they think God wants them to do. They're, oh, God's leading me this way. And then they move far away where there's no Bible-believing church, where there's no path for growth, where there's no chance that they actually grow closer to God. And that's wrong. That's just going to screw you up. If you get saved and you go into church until you're 18 years old, and you have a college in Nebraska or Tennessee or Florida, and there's no Bible-believing church there, you're going to get messed up if you go there. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that you're, you're a sinner for doing those things. I'm saying 
that if there's not a place where truth is, well, you can convince yourself that anything is truth. If, if, if you're not in a place where someone is saying, thus saith the Lord, and they're pointing you to the Bible, well, I can convince myself that anything is the Spirit of God moving. Because I looked for a sign, or I did this, or I did that. And it's like, what the heck? Jesus is talking to disciples in John 16, and He's talking to... He just got done talking to religious Pharisees who convinced themselves that they knew exactly what God was saying, even when God spent 400 years not talking. That's a, it's kind of a lot to go into, but... Um, Jesus is talking to religious hypocrites for a reason. And it's because they stopped abiding in truth a long time ago. Um... So how we worship in spirit and in truth is, is Romans 12, 1 and 2. That's it. We come and we yield ourselves to God in His Word with truth. I don't have it up on your slides, but it's just kind of a throw-in. We, we read it. We talk about it all the time. Josh preached on it a few weeks ago. That's how you worship in spirit and in truth. Your life lines up with the Bible, and, and you bring God glory through your life by abiding and walking in truth. That's how we do it. You come daily yielding yourself as a living sacrifice. So our third, key, uh, third point um, is truth keeps us in bounds in terms of our daily life. Truth keeps us in bounds in terms of our daily life. So Psalm 26, uh, verses 2-5 through 5 says, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, and neither will I go in with disassemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. So this psalm is written by David, the man after God's own heart. Um, and this, this is a really good psalm. I encourage you guys to read it. There's more after this. But what he's saying here is, is Lord, try me. Prove me. Because um, he knows he's walking in truth. And he says, For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. Notice that's not uh, an action, that's a state of being. I've walked in thy truth. A lot of times, if you look at that word walked, or walking, or walketh, or whatever, there is, there is a state of being, not just an action, it's a lifestyle of walking in truth. So when you come here on Sundays, and you open the Word of God, because someone's preaching, and then you take a couple of notes and you close it, and you don't open your Bible again until Tuesday or next Sunday, well, you're not really walking in truth. I mean, yeah, you're still saved, but like, are you actually making your lifestyle in accordance to God's Word? The answer is no. The rest of the time, you're really not what God's called you to do, which is preach Christ and make disciples, and live as a holy sacrifice. You're probably not doing those things. And honestly, we fool ourselves when we tell ourselves that we are following God and we don't have a quiet time. And we don't have a time that we sit with the Lord and we learn truth. Um, Ephesians 4, 14, That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive um, I think about it like this. Truth is the bumpers at the bowling alley. You guys you guys bowl, right? Sometimes. Manny bowls. Anyone else bowl? Come on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So some of you 
still use bumpers, and listen, that's okay. I'm not here to... Um, some of you don't, and that's fine too. But here's the thing. The bumpers make sure that you stay in your lane. That you stay exactly where you need to be. If, if that ball goes side to side, that bumper is going to bump it, and it's going to go right back in. You may not score a lot, but you still hit the pin, which is the point of bowling, right? Well, that's what truth does. Truth keeps you in bounds. And as we learned, just by looking at the news, this world is extremely confused on what is up and what is down. They're confused about genders. They're confused about rights. They're confused about everything. And look, I'm not here to teach on that, but what I will say is this. As you guys, some of you guys are getting ready to be 18 years old soon. And you're going to be voting, and you're going to be making decisions for your life. Elijah, you're already 18. Oh, see? There you go. So, you're going to be making decisions for your life all the time. And there's going to be adults from all sorts of spectrums. They're going to be far left, they're going to be far right, they're going to be in the middle, they're going to be Christians, they're going to be non-Christians. They're going to be telling you that all these things are truth. All these different ideologies, all these different mindsets are truth. And you're going to get really messed up if you don't know your Bible. In today's world, everyone has an opinion. I can get on Facebook, I can make some fake quotes, and I can say, like, this is what science says about all these things. I can share stupid arguments on subjects all the time. And people just take them hook, line, and sinker. They don't ask questions. And that's why today's generation is, is broke and depressed. And they have nothing figured out. I was reading an article that was talking about in 2030, we'll probably actually own nothing. Everything will just be subscription-based. You won't even own your own home. You won't even be able to buy a beater car anymore. Like, this world's job is to keep you enslaved to debt, enslaved to them, and unable to find truth, unable to see the promises of God. That's what it is. That's what this world has been doing this whole time. And um, you need truth. You need those bumpers to keep you in your lane, or else you're going to be somewhere you shouldn't be, or you'll be in the gutter, maybe literally. Um... In a place where truth is considered relative, don't let it be relative. Let it be absolute. Let God's Word and God's Spirit guide you wherever you go. Um, don't be tossed to and fro, because you're not standing on the solid foundation of truth. That's what Ephesians 4.14 is saying. Don't, don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Okay, and then the fourth point is that it pleases God that we walk in truth. Uh, that's your next blank. 3 John 1.4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. So this is John talking about his disciples. But if John has no greater joy than that his children walk in truth, how much more does it please God for us to walk in his truth? That's the only way we can please God, is walking with him in truth. Okay, so you're wondering, how does the Spirit actually guide you into all truth? Well, it's, that's simple. That's one line. God's Spirit reveals truth to you through His Word. If you're looking for some other thing, other magical bow on it, that's it. God's Spirit guides you. So what that looks like is, is you having a quiet time. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9-13 through 13 for me. It should be up here on the board as well. Um, it'll be this in the next slide. But as it is written... I have not seen nor ear heard, and neither have entered into the heart of man the thing which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yeah, the deep of God. 
For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So that's a lot in that passage. Uh, I read that like four or five times the first time I ever read that, and I still was like, what the heck is this saying? So, uh, which is funny, because you can't understand the passage that's telling you you can't understand the passage without the Spirit of God. It's kind of, it's, it's funny to me at least. Um, so Paul is talking in the previous verses about the Pharisees, and he's talking about man. And he's talking about how basically man didn't know truth without God. And before Christ. And in verse 8, we, I didn't put it in there, but if you look in verse 8, he talks about how had they known truth, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's Jesus Christ. Right? You don't crucify God in flesh if you actually believe and understand that He's God in flesh, right? I mean, that, that would be silly. But it happened. And what he's saying here is that man actually can't understand the things of God lest God shows them. So what does that look like? Well, you get saved. We talked about that. If you're in this room and you're hearing my voice and you're not saved, there's nothing more important today. If you have not believed on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and Him absolving you of your sins, there's nothing more important outside than that. Because, again, everything that we talk about from here on out, it doesn't apply to you yet. It could. Salvation is a gift. It's not that complicated. I know people that overcomplicate it all the time. I overcomplicated it for years. The gift is Jesus Christ gave Himself for you on a cross. He died. He was buried and He resurrected on the third day. And when He resurrected, He left sin and death in the grave. And there's nothing greater in this world to talk about or think about than that moment. And, and that is just the start that's just the beginning. So once you get saved, then God says, Hey, I've got this book for you. And right here are the very words of God. This is truth. So when the world tells you that there are 79 genders or that there are all these things that you need to learn that actually aren't true, sure, learn it for school. Say what you want to say about that. Use the pronouns that they want you to use, I guess. But that's not truth. And at the end of the day, that won't stand when God melts this world with fervent heat. This will. I would trust this. This is your fire insurance. So you get saved and then you say, okay, I want to I follow God. Well, God's Spirit gives you truth over time. You can't bear all truth at the beginning. It's like um, when a kid's born. Okay, so, so how old's Georgia now? Basically one. Basically one, Okay. Georgia was born and she was fed with milk, right? That's the job of the parents is to feed the kid with milk, okay? They didn't start teaching her to read. Why? Well, she had to gain physical strength first. first. And, they start, <laughs> and they started with sign language, which is a lot of, what a lot of parents do. But when Georgia can start learning words and start speaking words, eventually they'll teach her how to read as soon as they can. When you got saved, you became a spiritual babe in Christ. That's what the Bible says. And so no, 
you don't know as much as Pastor Sam does. And that's okay. God's giving you a little truth here and there. But as you get up in the morning and you read your Bible, well, God will reveal a little bit more truth to you. I think it's funny. I won't talk too much on this, but I think it's funny. I sat... So Brandon and I were friends for a while before I got saved and started coming to Midtown. Um, And I remember sitting at a coffee shop with Brandon and I was like, dude, I... I, I love that you guys do this thing, but I can't like read the Bible the way you read the Bible. Well, it's because I wasn't saved, but um, I remember him being like, "Dude, that's okay. You don't have to. Like, you don't have to actually know what I know." Basically, is what he said. In order to come to church, you just have to come. You just have to listen. You just have to be willing to be taught truth. And I remember thinking, like, "Okay, yeah, but I still don't get it," and I didn't. But I trusted Brandon enough to come to church. When he, when he said, hey, just come to church. Just let, give God time. Come with an open heart, an open Bible, and a shut mouth, and let God teach you things. And I did. Now, if you were to ask Brock back in 2017, if he would be, or if you were to tell Brock, I should say, that he would be preaching right now, or any other time, or he'd be deciding, he would tell you you're stupid. Like, straight up. Like, no way. Because I was convinced in heart. There was no way I could learn truth. But, by God's grace, I came. I got saved. I started reading my Bible. And then, a little more truth. A little more truth. And a little more truth came about. And every day I just decided I was going to read the Bible and I said, God, teach me something today. And you know what? God's faithful to do that. And if you're here, and maybe you're saved, and you're like, I don't know. I've been to this 10 years and I don't know or study my well that's okay that's what we want that's what we're here today. that's what the spirit of God is dwelling in you for God thought it's so important that you understand and that I understand the truth that he has that one of the functions of the spirit is literally to teach you things don't let that go to waste it's God's very spirit God, Jesus said it was more expedient that he go away why? so that the comforter that same spirit of truth come to you. God thought His spirit being in you was more important than His physical presence on earth. So it means it's the most important thing we could think about and talk about. It's one of the most important things, I should say. And it means everything for our eternal lives that we understand what the spirit actually does. Um, So basically, you decide to yield yourself to God in His truth, and you study His Word day by day, line upon line, precept upon precept. You come to God, and He'll fill it. And you grow more and more in faith. Okay, so look at verse 14. We're almost done. The natural man. This is a caution to the natural man. So verse 9 through 13 talks about the things you can't understand, that God will teach you those things, and it ends with comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. We understand that to be Scripture, right? So you learn truth, and then you you run it through the filter of of cross-references to make sure that the truth that you're understanding is actually correct. And we can help you with that if, if, if that's kind of foreign to you. So you do that, and then there's this word but right there in verse 14. And but basically means the opposite. So we go from a place of understanding, and then verse 14 starts with the word but. 
says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They're foolishness to him. The unsaved, parentheses, natural man, doesn't get to know the things of God, because they are spiritually discerned. He's already counted them as foolishness. He misses out on the things of God, and will never know God's truth. Now, God wants to give him truth. It's, this isn't Calvinism. God isn't just saying only certain people get truth. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But there's a lost world out there that doesn't know they're dying and going to hell. And they're missing all the truth that God has for them. The Bible says that um, the cross is foolishness to them that are perishing. So God doesn't keep giving them truth. God doesn't just keep throwing truth at them. God reveals truth to those who love Him and who come to Him wanting to know truth. If we take inventory of our lives and we see that we actually don't know God's truth, we have to ask ourselves why. Um, Maybe we ought to look at how we approach it. Maybe you do read your Bible. Do you come to Him with a believing heart? Do you come to Him knowing... God, this is your word, and and I believe your truth, and I want you to teach me more truth. God may be showing you truth, and you're just rejecting it. You might think it's foolishness. You might think the things that I or Jeff or your parents say are just crazy. But if they come from God's word, they're definitely not. Do we come to Him in prayer and in His word expecting to hear from Him? Or do we come to Him thinking we know better and doing these things are just a checklist? I'm a church kid. I know I'm supposed to read my Bible, and so I do it. Alright, one more quick story. I, when I, like 2018 probably, I mentored Jesse Best, and it was a fun experience. Jesse, the Best family is awesome. Um, and he, Jesse would get up at like 5.30, he would make his coffee, he would take a shower, and then he would read his Bible. And at that time, I wasn't even getting up at 5.30 and reading my Bible. Do you know how challenging that was that a high schooler was getting up earlier to read God's Word? I was like, I'm mentoring this guy. He actually reads his Bible. Now, he's not the only high schooler that's ever actually read his Bible. And I'm sure he didn't make every single day. It happens sometimes when you, you sleep in or whatever. But for the most part, he actually got up early in the morning and he made his coffee, he took a shower, and he read his Bible. So he was awake and attentive and ready. And you know what? It shows in his life. He's over there in Kaya. He's over there in main service. And he's like been discipled and he's he's evangelizing. And you know what? It's because he got up every morning and he believed that he could learn God's truth. And you can too. We all can. Alright, so one last thing. These truths that God teaches you through His Word, He will keep them also in your mind for you. Another job of the Spirit, the kind of umbrellas under this, is to remind you of the truths you've learned. That's another one of your blanks, the word remind. So John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, if you were confused about who the Comforter was, literally God's Word says, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, there it is, um, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. There are times when I remember Bible verses, when I'm talking to somebody, that I have no idea how that came back to my mind. And 
then I'm like, oh yeah, that's the Spirit of God working in me. I'm not that smart. I'm not that good at remembering things. And I have conversations all the time. She's like, you remember the time that this happened? I'm like, no. I don't mean to. It's just how it works. My brain is kind of like a pachinko machine. There's lights, there's switches. You're just, you, you know, you hit the switch and you hope for the best. Uh, what's the word for, there's like a coin machine. Whatever. Slot machine, whatever. What's, I don't know, pachinko machines. See? My mind, I'm not very smart. But God uses it. Um, God uses it for His Word and for His glory. So I'm going to leave a couple questions up here. They're also on the back of your handout. Those questions are this. Have you been saved by God? What is your quiet time like? Do you live your life according to God's truth? And fourthly, if not, what needs to change in order to walk in God's truth? We need to get in groups. I don't, I don't know that they need to be rigid. I think you can work in groups almost even right where you're at. But with the time that we have left, which is like 10 minutes, we, we ought to go over these things. We ought to discuss. Some of us have the first one down, but the rest of them, where are they at? So I'm going to pray, and then let's get into small groups, okay? Um, Lord, thank you for um, your word. I... I often, um, God, if I'm being honest, I often come to your word cavalier-like. I come to your word um, groggy in the morning. Sometimes it feels like a checklist item. But God, your spirit and your word are, are teaching me things about you daily. And if I just listen, I can learn all sorts of wonderful things that are applicable to my life and profitable for my future, for my family. God, I thank you that um, you've given us this church that believes the words of truth. Um, God, I thank you for these, these kids, these soon-to-be young adults. God, they're wonderful. They're like little siblings. They're, um, and I know there's some of them in this room that love you and, and desire to know you wholeheartedly. God, as we, as we examine your word and as we examine our lives, would you just be gentle to us? And would you just show us um, mercy days we don't appreciate your truth. Uh, but God, would you, with your spirit, guide us into all truth. Father, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.